<laughs> Jesus said this. He said, there'll be many that come to him and say, Lord, Lord, and he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Paul gives us something that, that in my paraphrase, says, I don't want to run the race and then miss the prize. I don't want to run most of the race and miss the prize. I want to be one that finishes. I want to be one that gets well done, a good and faithful servant. So today we're talking about how to finish well. And if you were watching yesterday in the sermon, we were talking about how to be a kingdom VIP. Many people are trying to do well in the kingdom of God, but there's some intricacies of the flesh that the devil likes to play on that many people fall for. And we want to talk more about that today to make sure that you finish well. So pay attention through all of it, and we're going to talk about that. So looking at yesterday, we really had quite a, we had a supernatural day. I yeah. mean, it was a supernatural day. Yes. Um, you know, people started giving in such a way. Yeah. Uh, it was supernatural giving. I mean, yeah. literally, yeah. <clears throat> Abigail was telling me yesterday, she said, every few minutes, somebody would get up and go to the altar and, and give something yes. in the offering. I mean, people were giving shoes and jewelry and and all kinds of things. A, a pocket knife was in there. Watch. They were giving all kinds of stuff. Besides finances, they were just a supernatural giving yeah. hit the place. And <clears throat> that's what can happen many times when our life is given over to the Lord. And But a lot of times we try to give our life, and we have moments like that, but we don't finish our walk with the Lord or yeah. our race with that same passion, right? How many times have you been in a service and you felt the moving of the Lord and like, man, it was true. God, it was very real. God was there. God was moving. You felt it. You're humbled. You're Maybe you're crying, you know, all of, all of that stuff. And two weeks later, you're like cussing somebody, you know, and I've seen that happen. I, that's happened to me. Uh, not, you know, not really recently, but years ago that happened to me quite often. But I, I might not cuss people today, but I will find myself in such a move of the Holy Ghost, and then all of a sudden my flesh rears up and tries to come against me in that way. Well, that's how it kind of, in a, in a micro uh, moment, we see that. But what we really don't want is our life to be given to Christ and then lose those things yeah. at the end. Um, now, and I, and I want to say, Paul gives that instruction. He gives that indication that it can happen. Uh, we'll put it up in the comments and put the link here. If you're concerned about losing your salvation, um, you need to know what are the qualifications for that, how that happens. Very important for believers to know what the process of that is. We have a series on that, Can I Lose My Salvation? And uh, Did I Commit the Unpardonable Sin? Uh, we have a series. We'll put that link in the comments and in the description to watch that. But that's not really what this is about. This is talking about falling off, almost backsliding from it, and not finishing well, not finishing the way that we should be. But what a travesty for somebody to give their whole life and get to the place where they're really not walking with God in their later days, or they're not walking where they could be walking. That's, that's just as much a tragedy to me as if they could be walking in the glory and they're just not, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we want to talk about finishing well because there's some interesting uh, things that the devil will use in our flesh to catch us, get us off base. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, talking with you, put comments in there. Uh, we've got uh, Barrett 
and Abby on the green screen to join in with this conversation. But one of the things that we, there's the link uh, for you to see, but one of the things that we looked at yesterday was how Jesus started out talking to the rich young ruler in basically Matthew 19, and then it, there, it continues on, and he says, he says to the rich young ruler, God is the only one that's good. God is good. So he points worship to God. And, and watch this. He didn't, he didn't even look at himself or point it to himself, right? He didn't point people's eyes to himself. He pointed their eyes to God. Well, that begins a really a, a message and a sermon that he gives. And then he goes on to say, you know, because the disciples kind of realize, well, who can be saved then? If, if, because if this guy, if it's harder to go uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, who can be saved? He said, listen, with men, it's impossible. He said, if you're just trying to do this on your own, it's impossible. But if you'll draw on God with God, all things are possible. And then he goes on to say, in the kingdom, many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And then we kind of think that's the end of it because the chapter ends. But if you go into uh, chapter 20, he gives a, a, basically a parable. And then at the end of it, he says it again, many who are first will be last, many who are last will be first. So you can see this didn't stop at the end of the chapter. It carried on. And this is the parable of people that he hired in the, mor in the morning. And then he hired people all throughout the day, and he gave the people that, that worked for one hour, he gave them their wages. Now, what I, I didn't really say these words yesterday, but I want to talk about it today, is <clears throat> what happened is those people that were hired at the beginning of the day, they came to an agreement, and they said, I'll work for this amount of money. Uh, in that case, in, in Matthew 20, a denarius, right? He says, I'll work for this amount of money. And uh, so then he gave them that. But in between the time when he started paying, he said, oh, he paid a denarius to the people who came in for the last day. Immediately, their minds started thinking and coming up with expectations that, oh, if he's given them 100, what's he given to me? And he, there was unmet expectations. Now, what I want to show you is that this is something actually that can ruin our lives. Many marriages are hurt very, very badly by unmet expectations. Okay, Many relationships, uh, many people in church, and watch this, and many people walking with the Lord have expectations wrongly of the Lord. Yeah. That, and, and here's the thing. God never told them that he was going to give them more. They expected it because of what they saw, but there was never a word for it, right? They were, they were basically sitting there. They had no word that he was going to give them anymore. The word that they had was he was going to give them what he said at the beginning. They started formulating in their mind, running down this path of logic, oh, well, if he's giving them, he's going to give this to me. And then when those expectations were unmet, they were hurt, and in relationships and in marriages, I've seen this many times before, where a spouse has an expectation of their spouse, and all of a sudden it's not met, and they explode. Well, you see that in church. You see it where, well, I thought you were going to give me this position. 
I never said I was going to give you this. I thought I was supposed to be a pastor. Who said you were supposed to be a pastor? Did you come up with that too in your mind? Did the Lord give you that word? You know, um, well, I thought I thought this and I thought that. And, you know, and what we find is many of our anxieties and worries that people have had come from unmet expectations. And that unmet expectation then affects their faith. It affects their peace. It affects their joy. And all of a sudden, they're sitting there. They're, they're, in, they're basically in a struggle with God, and their, their faith is not working. Nothing's working. And what happens to them? They fade back away from that heat because they didn't have, they were in a form of presumption at the very least, had unmet expectations, and, but the expectations weren't based on the word of God, right? And so you see people falling off of that. Of course, what we need to do is say, Lord, I give you my all. You have my heart. I'm doing this all for you. I'll never back away from that. And, uh, and I love you, you know? And what we'll find is that when we give ourselves in that way, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you, he will exceed our expectations. But if we have expectations that come from the flesh or from logic, then those will not be seen. But yet if we'll just give ourselves to the Lord and just say, I'm yours, I'm all in, I'm sold out, and I don't care what it costs. We're not looking for a pat on the back. We're not looking for, to be included you know, I watch people all the time and they're, they have unmet expectations because they believe they should be included in something. And, and that's not what was necessarily said or, or not necessarily what God wants to do. You know, um, you know let's say that I've, I've seen this through the years where the Lord wants to do something and it's very specific. And you would think under normal logic, I'll be included in that meeting. But then all of a sudden, you're not included in that meeting. And, and you're like, well, why am I not there? Why am I not there? And let me give you an idea. Sometimes it, it's for, let's say we were having a meeting, and I invited everybody, but Buddy wasn't invited. And then he found out he's not invited. And he was like, well, why am I not there? Well, now his brain, is his logic, and the flesh side is going to run with all these reasons why he's bad, and he's this, and he's that. Well, maybe I had the meeting so that we could plan a surprise party for him, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he wasn't supposed to find out about it, but he did. So instead of believing the best, now he has expectations being unmet. Now he starts thinking on it, logicking on it and, it, and it gets into a form of depression. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, what do they have against me? Nothing. And if that's not resolved, what would that happen? It would, they would cause a separation from the group in that way. These kind of things, I watch the devil play on that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. And let me give you one of my own personal experiences. Uh, one time I found out that there was a meeting that was being held with some close friends of mine. Uh, they invited me to come to the meeting. What I didn't know, and I found out later, was like all of these peers of mine were asked to speak. I wasn't asked to speak. I'm the only one that wasn't asked to speak, right? Now, it was very interesting because, uh, and I remember when that happened, I remember thinking, why didn't they ask me? Like, that's kind of rude. Like, am I like the outcast? Some, like, and I'm, you know, trying to figure out what do they have against me? All this, my logic's right. Finally, I just shut that down. I was like, because I've learned that I don't have to be included in everything. So yeah. I dropped that. 
It's okay to not be a part of everything or not be asked to do everything. It's okay. That doesn't change my value in Christ. But in this case, the issue was that week, I had a really bad week. And had I gotten up and spoken, I would have imparted some wrong things because I was in the wrong place. And so that, uh, the person who was leading it, heard from the Holy Ghost. They heard from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost said, and they didn't know this, Brian's not going to be in the right place that week. He doesn't need to be on that platform. And I have to be okay with that because am I up there to minister to show how good I am or am I up there to minister to actually minister and to serve and lift people up? And I wouldn't have done a good job of it that weekend. And I have to say, you know, God knows more than me. And so had I run with my expectations in the flesh, I could have been very offended. As it was, I knew what to do, and I dropped it, I wasn't. And we have to be okay with that. I've had up days, I've had down days. I'm not trying to get in that place. So you can see that here's this crowd that was hired in the morning. They, they, they did more work. Maybe in this case, they studied more. They've been in prayer more with God. They, they've been born again longer than anybody else. And they expect to receive more than other people because of that. Or, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, one of the things that can happen is maybe a guy gets hired at the last day, but he's actually more skilled than the people that were hired at the beginning of the day. But the people at the beginning of the day, like, they can't, he doesn't know more than me. He wasn't even hired till the last moment. Maybe he was hired for the last 20 years. He just didn't get picked today till the very end. Maybe he knows more. I can still learn from that person. In church, a lot of times we might have a young person who that day, they might not be very mature, but that day they're tuned in. And they got a word from the Lord. I mean, they got a word from the Lord. And that, that person who studied all their life and everything, they completely miss it. Yeah. You know, they completely miss it. So we can have these expectations that God didn't give us, and they can get us off. And what happens when we have that? A separation starts to happen. Have you ever had unmet expectations? Well, I thought this was supposed to happen, and then it was even hard to talk to God. It was hard to be in faith. It was hard to do any of that stuff. Uh, and you can see that playing out. And so what ends up is we start well, but we don't finish well because of that. And the real root of it, the root of it is, I'm not doing this for God. I'm doing it for me. And the root of it is, I'm not sold out to him. I don't care what it costs. I don't care if my name is in lights. I don't care about all that stuff. I don't care if there's something I receive. Lord, I love you, and I'm doing this because I love you, and I don't care what it costs. And when those expectations uh, are basically formed out of the flesh and not by the Spirit, it can really mess us up. So I just dumped a ton on y'all here. <laughs> no, I... I don't think I've ever seen someone assume something and it was and it worked out well, you know. Correct. Like yeah. assuming people's motives, assuming you yeah. know like well what what is that ultimately? That's relying on your own understanding, you know. Is well this let me try to piece together in my own logical mind why I think something happened a certain way, you know, and we can do that with people, we can do that with God, you know, and and a lot of times that 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 even comes to a place of bad judgment, too, where we start judging people because yeah. they didn't meet our expectations or different things like that. Yeah. You know, like, um, 
like you brought up marriages, you know, in, in particular, a lot of times when a, like a new, when a couple gets married, you know, the, the wife usually expects the husband to act just like her dad or the husband yeah. expects the yeah. wife to act just like his mom. And they're completely different people. And so there, there could be like a lot of clashing there because yeah. I'm assuming that you're going to do the dishes and you're going to do all this, all blah, blah, blah. And whenever, and, and in her growing up, the husband might have done all the dishes. Her dad might have done all the dishes, you know? And so, like, you yeah. can see a lot of th- things, like, go wrong with assumptions. But, you know, it, but, like, when we allow ourselves to get to a place where we assume and where we get into our logic about it, it's hard for us to actually make it to the end because we'll make judgment calls. We'll, we'll start judging yeah. people. Yeah. And, and that will get offended. And that, yep. that very thing will get us off track. You know, where we think we're moving in the right direction, but if we get off that track, you know, the, the, God could be leading us in this direction, but, but all these little decisions could slowly take us further and further off track to where, yeah. where we don't finish, you know, the, the way we were expecting to finish. We might have started great, but, if, but these small things, you know, like they, in the moment, they could seem like such a small thing. Well, this isn't that big of a deal, right? This is just someone looked at me funny at church on Sunday morning, you know? And, but but they shouldn't have looked at me that like that. Something as small as that can get us off track, yeah. you know, and, and cause us to go down a path where we're not finishing well. Like one, yeah, that's and, right. And, and, and that's so right. it's important for us to keep those things in mind. That's right, and put them in check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's in, talking about marriages. I, some of the worst days I've ever had as a spouse are days where I would sit there and I would I would. Like in love, in my desire, you know, for my wife, in my desire for her and to love her and to show her love, I would come up with like a plan for how the rest of the day would go or how a weekend would go or something like that. And then, you know, for whatever reason, that plan didn't come to pass. You know, sometimes it's like I've had, um, you know, Maybe I had a plan, and she and I were going to just have a quiet night together. We're gonna we're gonna uh, go to the bedroom, watch a movie, and just enjoy each other's company, right? And just just that, nothing, just do nothing together. And we get a phone call for ministry, and now she's on the phone. She might have to minister to somebody. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this more on me, but I think everybody's done this. And all of a sudden, she has a phone call for ministry that took two hours because somebody really needed to be ministered to. And now I'm sitting there like, man, I had a plan for this, and now we're not doing this, and I, you know, da da da, and it doesn't come. And I, I get, I have gotten legitimately mad and angry at her, like, and it's been personal, like, like she did, like the way I felt was she did this personally. You know, and I'll get mad and upset and offended in that way. I've had moments like, like I said, some of my worst times as a spouse. It doesn't happen now because I've I've recognized what causes that. You know, yeah. but those unmet expectations. But once I learned that, I started looking into the lives of people and their, you know, their marriages, their relationships, and you see it all the time. You see people actually. They come up with this concoction of ideas of what something should, how it should go. And you you can fill in the blank, anything. You know, they have this idea of how it should go. And then all of a sudden it doesn't go that way. And they are personally offended. They take it personal, like that person planned to ruin their day, ruin that plan, you know. And then all of a sudden they're just like, well, what are you, nothing. What are you upset about? Nothing, nothing, you know. 
And it's like they did it pers- on purpose, you know. Mm-hmm. And all it is is it's just you concocted without a word from the Lord. You concocted a- an expectation, and now it went unmet, and you're just so frustrated. So, you know, uh, Barrett has something, but before that, Levi said this. He said he, he had this happen to him when he was expecting to receive. But he's realizing now that I was not at the point of being able to carry the anointing I was going to receive because of a lack of growth. And that, that's a beautiful revelation. And the, the issue is let's all work on that as soon as possible yeah. so we can get to the place where God can give to us and receive. And Barrett, what would you have? So this morning in prayer, actually, an example of what we're talking about came up to me. And I thought it was kind of random because it's not something that I'm currently actively still dealing with, but clearly it was for today. And, you know, we're talking about how to finish well. And one of the ways that we finish well is we continue to abide under the covering that we're submitted to. You know, a lot of times we can start off in submission really well. And then over time we can in, in the past, historically, not as of today, you know, weariness can creep in. And one of the things that I had to face many times over for years is I would watch Pastor Nicole or Pastor Brian handle something and I would immediately have fear come on me. For example, there were many times where I would step into a position of leadership that Pastor Nicole had previously occupied and someone would go to her with a question instead of me as a leader. And I would immediately have fear come on me because Pastor Nicole would handle the situation at different points. And I'd think, am I not a good enough leader? Am I actually going to be demoted now? Like, did I do something wrong? And Fear would come in and try and separate me from pastors and try and put me in this position where I couldn't receive from them anymore. It would actually make me a defensive leader. Like I have to go prove myself. And as years have gone by, I realized a lot of times they were just handling something that was habit for them. They had to retrain a habit of no, go see Barrett. It wasn't a slight to me. It wasn't anything was wrong necessarily with me. It's they had to retrain themselves to someone's actually able to help us now. And I, for years, literally years would abide in this place of fear where if they would do something that wasn't matching with my expectation, it must mean that I was bad or I wasn't good enough or I had done something wrong that week probably, or they could see in the spirit that I just really had like really bad influences on me that day. And like, they were just punishing me and I wasn't allowed to be in the whatever that demonic junk was. And it broke. And that shifted when I gave myself to the to the realization that my worth pastor said it a moment ago, don't skip over this. Your worth, your identity does not fluctuate based on anyone else's opinion. Your identity in Christ is solid and it's stable. And when I realized that even with pastors, people I love and I am in covenant with that their opinion of me does not change who I am. A freedom came on me and I could just be and just 
being made me a better leader, made me a better wife, made me a better sister in Christ, made me a better servant of Christ. But it took me getting to the point where I was like, I'm sick of being in a constant state of judgment criticism and fear. I don't want to live like this. I've been set free from this. So I have to choose to not assume and not judge everything. And it was a choice. Like I was probably the worst at this in the church. I was always in fear until one day I decided this is stupid and I'm done with it. And this this message is one of those that really highlights why because I think somebody have wondered have wondered before why does pastor say that this message highlights why it is not okay to just run in your logic and in your thinking and follow down that path because the problem is if what you're thinking about was not founded in the word of God and in by his word then you are going to set yourself up for unmet expectations which can then sabotage your life. And so he tells us meditate on the word day and night. He says think on things worthy of praise. Uh, he doesn't say you know, sit there and think and wonder about all these things from the fleshly side of things. He doesn't say that. You know, That's kind of what he tells us not to do is not to live by the flesh, which means by the flesh's thoughts as well and the flesh's imagination. Um, so in other words, if I spend my time in fellowship with God and everything stems from that, which that fellowship with God, that intimate fellowship with God can be so real and so full that everything can stem, stem from there. See, I think that people have a hard time sometimes jumping that ditch because they can't, they can't see from where they have been in fellowship that's been somewhat dry to it being so full and rich that God will actually talk to them about all these things. You know, even the message yesterday, uh, so you know, I have a different message plan. When I wake up yesterday, the Lord says, VIP, a kingdom VIP. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He took me to those scriptures. I didn't even know when I put those scriptures down the connection through all of that. As I'm I'm reading over it yesterday morning, like like on the way to church, I'm reading over it and the Lord's connecting those dots to give that message that had such an anointing on it, yeah. you know, and, and you would think, well, man, he studied that all throughout the week. No, I have a fellowship with God. It came like that. That's how it came. It didn't come out of me studying it, studying it for years and years and years and years. It came out of me having a fellowship. In him, we live and move and have our being. That doesn't mean I wasn't studying the rest of the week. I'm studying, I'm meditating, I'm praying. As I'm doing that all throughout the week, God's preparing me to see these things. Now, I will tell you that that came out of what I've studied before. So I've studied, in other words, I studied to show myself approved over years and years and years. So now God can just point me at something and I know what he's saying about that. So there's study involved, but as your relationship goes, he will give you what to think on, what to meditate on. So when somebody is sitting there and all they're doing is allowing their mind to go, and they're like, well, I got a brain, I need to use it for something. Yeah, the word of God. And, and what things that are worthy of praise, what he's spoken and what, it, what are worthy of praise, that's what we meditate on. If he hadn't spoken it, I don't meditate on it. And if I don't have anything to think on, I go find something he did speak. 
and I meditate on it, and I, I stay there, right? Day and night, I stay there instead of letting my mind wander into those places. So I, I think that people have a disconnect from that reality that they can live in because they've never had the intimate fellowship. They've not. They've been taught, and their habit is to just think on whatever comes up in their brain. Yeah. And because of that, their brain will formulate from the fleshly side of it all these expectations. And then when they don't come to pass, it's just deflating, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and that is what causes people to separate or to get distant or to get calloused and a hard heart. Yeah. And you see it all throughout the Word where people expected one thing. But, you know, uh, Peter, he expects when he whips out his sword and he cuts off Malchus' ear, he expects all of them to be like and be like supernaturally, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost and wipe out this whole Roman legion. Like Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then... then Jesus says, Peter, stop it. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Put your sword away. Yeah. Do you know, puts his ear back on mm-hmm. and then and then gives himself to be arrested. Yeah. And his unmet expectations, like it trounces Peter over mm-hmm. the next 24 hours. Where where he denies Jesus mm-hmm. three times. Yeah. And it's only the mercy of God that saves Peter. But he's in a jam. He's messed up, you know. And uh, but it's the mercy of God that helps him. But we don't. He didn't have to get into that place. Yeah. And remember, he remember the, what Jesus said. He said Satan is looking to sift you. And how did he do it? Through an offense of unmet expectation. Because in Peter's brain, he thought that Jesus was about to like speak a word and just wipe out all the Roman army right there. Yeah, well, what just came to me also was um, the when the woman uh, in Bethany broke the the jar of oil or the of the perfume yeah. and poured it on Jesus's feet, and Judas Judas was like, "What? Why are we? What? This is such a waste, right? Like, yeah, I, I yeah. know we we alluded to this already, but he was like, "This is such a waste. You know, we could have taken this and sold it to the poor." And if you if you read uh, this story in and uh, I believe it's in John, you know, it kind of talks about how Judas's heart was a little bit off in the yeah. first place, but Judas, Judas was expecting Jesus to respond one way. He was like, no, this is what's right. This should yes. be sold and given to yeah. the poor. And Jesus's response went completely contrary to what he thought how it should go, right? Jesus was like, uh, you know, because they were saying these things, and uh, Jesus said, let her alone. Like, he, he kind of, yeah. like, stopped them pretty quickly. And he says, why do you bother her? She's done a good deed for... For me, you have the poor with you always, but me, you don't have always. You know, and, and he, as soon as he's done with this, it says, then Judas Iscariot uh, went off to the chief priest to betray him. Like, it was in that moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. most likely in wow. a place of offense, that's when Judas was like, okay, I'm going to, like, if, if he's not going to do this, yeah. I can go to the chief priest and at least get some kind of, yeah. some kind of compensation out of that if we're just going to waste this money here. He had an expectation uh, yeah. that, that he, oh, she's bringing this great... You know, oh, look at this offering. This is worth, uh, I have here about $54,000, right? Right. Like, this beautiful offering. Man, I can, I can make some good stuff off of that. Psh, what is she doing? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. he, was, he was upset. Jesus rebuked her, and Jesus rebuked him, and he got offended. Yeah. And, and that's whenever, like, it solidified in his heart to, to betray him. Yeah, he was the, the with, love of money. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Well, and think about this too is take for instance, like going back to a spouse, it's a good a good way to look at this. So imagine a spouse in this unmet expectation and, and creating these things out of the fleshly mind. You actually set up where you miss what's actually happening. In other words, what you thought was going to happen doesn't happen, but what's actually happening that's good, you don't even see it. You don't even see it. I've had this happen in ministry, but you know, a spouse can can say, "Well, I was expecting." You know, uh, you know, Nicole could say to me, "Well, I was expecting uh, that Pastor would uh, come home and he'd have uh, all the dishes done." And and have dinner on the table, and the kids are sitting there worshiping their mom or whatever, you know, like this this picture perfect, like you know all of this. And so then that doesn't happen, and she walks in the house, but she doesn't realize that it's all been cleaned up. There's stuff that's been done specifically for her. Uh, the kids are doing well, but it's not like she had it in her mind, so she doesn't recognize it, right? And and so it it could be I shouldn't made me the bad guy on that, but um, it, you get to the place where you actually overlook all the stuff that has been done right because you, you're not seeing what you thought should be there, and so it causes you to miss the goodness. This happens with God. Well, I thought he was going to pay this bill by this time, and they'll ditch the fact that God is a good God that delights in the prosperity of his servants, Right? They'll miss that completely and actually who he is. And the fact that just because you didn't get to pay that bill on time doesn't mean he doesn't still have a plan, right? And so they'll drop faith in that moment and not receive those things. And uh, I've seen this in ministry many times. I've had multiple people, they're like, well, you just never compliment me. You know, you never compliment me. And, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, Did you, do you know, I complimented you here. I complimented you here. I complimented you here. I complimented you here. That's all in the last month. And, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, right. But they couldn't see it because they had other expectations of me like putting them up on the platform or doing something like that. And because those expectations that were formed in a fleshly mind and not by the Spirit, they didn't even hear how I was telling them they were doing a good job. They missed it completely, could not see it. Right, could not see it. So, Abigail. Um, so I've found uh, I've done this a lot, and it's not been good. Uh, but what I've found has been what has solved it for me has been realizing that it came from a lack of trust in the yeah. Lord, and it hit me like a freight train when I realized it. But it really helped me get past it. Because, like, there was one example, and it was so embarrassing, but there was this one uh, family vacation that we took, and, like, it was a great vacation, but I had built up in my mind how I thought it should go. And so when things went differently, I was just disappointed after, you know, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. I was like, you know, I was upset the entire vacation. I had a terrible attitude. It was embarrassing. I don't want to go on. <laughs> uh, but then I got back home, and the Lord was just talking to me, and like showing me uh, how I hadn't trusted him. And he was showing me, and as I thought back on it, it was a wonderful vacation. Like yeah. great things were happening. I wish so badly that I could go back and relive it and actually enjoy it. 
because it was a wonderful vacation, but I didn't enjoy hardly any of it because I wasn't trusting in the Lord and trusting in what his word says as those who chase after me. You know, I'll give them the desires of their heart. Trust that he, even though things didn't look how I thought that they should, how I had built up in my brain, that he was working all things together for good to those who trust in him, to those who love him, to those who chase after him. And I wasn't, I wasn't trusting in that. I was trusting, well, it's not looking like how I want it to work out. Lord, why have you forsaken me? You know, instead of trusting that he was looking for every physical loophole to bless me, he was looking to bless me in everything. If I will just open my eyes to it. And as soon as I realized that it became a lot easier to stop this habit, not to say I've done it perfectly. I just messed it up a little bit ago, but not to say I've done it perfectly, but to say it became a lot easier when I realized it was trust in God that I was missing in those instances. It was in those instances, it was very easy to uh, wait a second when I was like, do I trust God? Then it'll all work out. What am I going to, what am I worrying about? What is worrying going to do about it? What is being upset or being offended? God is my promoter. God is my defender. God loves me and wants to bless me. So what is, I know those things to be true. What is there to worry about then? And that solved everything. Amen. Um, I know Abby was talking about the trust, and you mentioned that yesterday. And what what's so wonderful with this, and Barrett touched on it too, is this brings such a contentment and such a such a peace in the Lord. Like yeah. everything that you're talking about, I truly, I so appreciate that you do not coddle people's flesh, because in doing that, you you have created a culture of people who are strong and stable and who understand covenant and can have a relationship where you don't have to be coddled. You don't have to be told you're doing so great, but are led by the Lord. And and that's the thing too, is when you speak, when you say something to someone, Pastor Nicole, even the people who you have established as leaders, when when they speak and give it something like exhortational, it's by the Spirit. So it immediately, it opens up this led by the Lord, beautiful life where everything is led by the Lord. Everything is so much more meaningful. It's yeah. not as meaningful if I tell everyone that they're the best and yeah. they're the greatest. That's not meaningful. Yeah. But yeah. when you say something and people aren't used to that. And I have, I've, I've had to, um, I've had to grow in that when you say something, especially when you say something, um, uh, like uplifting, I take a moment and I, I, I have to make sure I pause and actually listen because normally I've thrown stuff away, stuff like that away so much because people just throw that around. People yeah. throw compliments yeah. around. People throw. But when you say something, it's true. And yeah. it's the same thing with God. When yeah. God says something, when he's giving a word, we've totally discredited him even. Like how many times yeah. there have been times where the Lord is like is giving a um, and like an interpretation of tongues or he's giving a word and like I've caught myself and my mind has just like blanked for a minute and I've just like stopped listening and I'm like oh my gosh like the spirit of God is speaking right now I need to listen yeah and it because people just like I don't know like if people don't actually appreciate those things but I really appreciate that you don't you don't coddle the, and, and I guess like 
you know, everyone says, well, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. This is the Lord. So then people get to the point where actually there's a word from the Lord, and they're like, yeah, whatever. They're like, yeah, they don't give it the esteem that they should. That was, you know, he, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And even I, I wasn't walking like I should have with the Lord when Nicole and I first started dating. And I just, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it right. But I, I knew that from my childhood and from my upbringing. And I was like, you know, we, we started dating. I really, really liked her a lot. But I told her, I told her from, it, it was very early on. I said, when I tell you something, I'll mean it. And I said, I will not tell you I love you just to, you know, soothe your emotions or make you feel good. I won't tell you that till I actually love you. You know, I just want you to know that. And uh, it wasn't long into it. She started telling me that, and um, and I didn't tell it to her for months. She'd tell me that I wouldn't tell her, and then and then I told her that, and it meant so much more because I wasn't just wasting idle words on things, trying to get something out. You know, because. People can do that. They'll be like, oh, I love you. And what they're actually trying to do is they're just trying to make you feel good. So it's like they yes. feel good about themselves yes. because they made you feel good. Yes. But it's not actually true, you know, in that way. And so you have people that do that all the time. They do that in business. They do that in church. They do that in all this. It's like let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, and oh, even on the broadcast, one of the toughest things for me to do on this broadcast is choose Who's going to be sitting here that day? You know, like that's one of the dif most difficult things because all of the people that you see on the broadcast, they carry an anointing. They have, they have a supply and some days you would be surprised because you, I would, the people that I choose would maybe not be the logical people for that day or somebody else may flow in that anointing more and, but I'll say, hey, and I'm always seeking God who to have on the broadcast on what day and, but it's a difficult, you know, it's like, like, well, I won't, I really, you know, all right, Marky's got an anointing for this. I want her on it. But God says, no, don't, don't have her on today. You know, have, have Barrett on today. Or, or Buddy's really got an anointing for this. No, have Abigail on today. And I'm like, but Buddy's got an anointing. He says, no. And then we'll go into it and there'll be a reason. There'll be one word that they say that connects with somebody. There'll be yeah. some, and see, that's where we have to trust the leading of the Lord more than we trust, well, if I'm on there, that adds value to me, or I'm valuable because God wanted me yeah. on there. No, it's all about serving yeah. people. It's all about advancing the kingdom of God, regardless of how our flesh feels on that. But, you know, when I do that, I'm, I'm constantly just seeking, Lord, who's supposed to be on here today? And because you'll say something, and I'll watch people react so many times. It's like, and, and that'll be exactly what it is, you know. Or there'll be an anointing that flows through you while you're sitting here ministering to people, and that anointing helps you see things. And, and that's stuff I don't even know a lot of times. You'll, you'll get a revelation. You don't always tell that to me, but it helped you in that way. God knows what he's doing. That's why we need to take our leading from the Lord and not from a conniving flesh, not from a manipulative flesh, uh, trying to get people to like us or think well of us. Or, and that's so many times what we're doing. Yeah. And what that does is it forms those unmet expectations because we're yeah. operating by the flesh, which then feeds into a separation and division 
and all of these pieces. And we yeah. need to just stay away from all of that garbage. Yeah. Like, just, it's so much easier just to stay away from it. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Sometimes God's going to lead something that doesn't make logical sense to us, yeah. but is completely logical in the kingdom. Yeah. And we have to be okay with that, you yeah. know? Um, you know, like, for example, uh, a few, uh, over the last few years, Barrett is anointed to minister and to preach. But there was about a year I didn't have her preach at all, right? Why? I don't know. That's what the Lord said. That's what I was supposed to do. Now, I could have, I don't think I ever even told her, but I, look, that's what the Lord said. Why? I don't know. I don't know all that. I, I could presume some things, but I don't want to be in presumption. I'm not, he hadn't told me all the details of it, but she has to be okay with that. All right, here's a year and you didn't preach and other people preached in front of you that have been here shorter. You have to be okay with yeah. those things because your value's not set up in that. God's doing something. He's up to something. Maybe he has a word that, that somebody has operated right then in that moment in an anointing and people needed to hear that anointing. Or maybe he's developing that person right now for a very, very important reason and you just put yours on, on pause for a moment. That there's so many different different things, and I have to watch that. Um, you know, you have to watch and be aware of those things. That I'm only being led by the Holy Ghost, right? It doesn't matter. You know, there'll be times where where you'll see it's like, man, I'm the perfect fit for this. I'm the perfect fit, but I didn't get chosen. I didn't get picked on that. That's okay. That's okay. Be fine with that. Don't, don't let your expectation be out of logic yeah. and now not out of the leading of the Holy Ghost. He yeah. said the children of God are led by the, by the Spirit of God. And when we think on things by the Spirit, not of the flesh, and we, our mind is set in Romans yeah. 8, both of these verses come from, and when our mind is set on the Spirit, we'll have life and peace. But if it's set on the flesh and you're like logically like, I'm the perfect fit, why didn't they use me? You're going to have a form of death come in there, mm -hmm. a lack come in there yeah. because yeah. of those things. And yeah. if I can really, yeah. I think Barrett has something. But what I've seen in that, I'm so thankful, is there have been times where I've wanted something being here at the ministry. I've wanted a position or something but yeah. only out of insecurity. Right, And right. God wouldn't give it to me. And yeah. then what I've seen is, um, not that I'm like perfect, but what I've seen is as I've gotten my heart right on it, of am I going to serve and be at this ministry and have a pure heart, even without any promotion, Correct. even without any titles, when I've gotten my heart right on it, often over time, like, and I wouldn't even be thinking about it in this way, but then there would be promotion. I'm so glad, though, that it happened that way when there were moments of that because when I was able to actually give, it was like the Lord set me up to when I was actually able to give to the Lord and say, here, I'm going to yes. do this. Yeah. I'm going to serve you in this way. I had a pure heart on it, and it was actually a pure gift. It was yeah. It was motivated out of love. Yeah. So it, it was like the Lord was actually... I've never thought about it until now, but the Lord was actually helping me to give That's him a right. gift, give him myself in a way that was motivated purely by love. And it instead actually, instead of a corrupted gift, instead of a corrupted gift. Yeah. And like yesterday, I don't think, um, 
I've never given something with such little temptation of compulsion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. in the past, I've given, you know, many times I've given the most important thing to me, and I've given it out of love. I've given the Lord those things. I've, you know, big thing, big gestures out of love for the Lord. But there's been a, there's been a, the flesh has kind of tried to be there a little bit. I've yeah. never given, though, in a way yesterday where I wanted to give it so badly. Right, right. Like, I don't, it, I, and I was talking to Abby about that this morning, and she said, I felt the exact same thing. There was such little temptation of the flesh to feel compulsion, yeah, pressure, to yeah. feel like I'm trying to earn some, God, if I give this to you, will you love me yeah, more? There yeah. was su- it was such an anointing that, for me, that didn't even exist. I was just like, Please, can Let I me give, give you? Yeah, Please, no. can I give you? That this? is such a foreign idea to the flesh, you know. But it was happening. It was supernatural watching yeah. that but that's, happen. And yeah. that's even the Lord helping. Like yeah. I can't give. I can't do that in myself. I can't have a pure heart without His help. Yeah. I couldn't do any of that without Him. That comes from that refining process of again. Yeah. Why I'm so thankful that you do not coddle people and their feelings. God's so good, Barrett. Well, so what's fun is I was actually going to bring up what you just brought up, Pastor. So one of the things that we've we've touched on it so much today about not making assumptions, and I'm not trying to make this heavy, but hear my heart. This is something that literally almost destroyed my entire life. So I have a very big heart on this topic because, praise God, his mercy allowed me to see what was happening but one of the one of the reasons that this topic is so important is because if we'll get our hearts correct our lives will be kept you know and hear yeah. that if we'll yeah. get our hearts in humility and we'll get our hearts correct our lives will be kept yeah. and what happens with this topic you know with assumptions where are assumptions happening they're happening in the mind. The mind isn't the place that, yeah. you know, is renewed as soon as you become yeah. born again. It's a place that we are to be continually giving to the Lord, renewing it day by day. So our assumptions, if we're living up there, we're living in a territory that the enemy can be influencing. Yeah. And in my life, that's what happened. I had years, it literally decades of upbringing that was just all in my mind. And so I'm not going to give the whole thing, but there was a period where I legitimately thought that my voice, I thought what I was hearing was God's voice. Like I confused the two because I lived so much in my mind that when my mind spoke, it spoke convincingly enough that made it made me believe that it was the voice of God. And I was following a voice that was not inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was inspired by my assumptions and my beliefs. And praise God, the Holy Spirit allowed pastor to help me unveil that and see it. But that period of a year where I, the Lord didn't have me up to speak. I I am sincerely so thankful for it. And because what it did is it allowed me 
to give myself to the Lord in a way that I hadn't before. You know, a lot of it was I had worked out, you know, just pride and different things through fear and trembling and coming to God and being like, help me kill this dead. But it's one thing to kill it dead in theory. And it's a totally different thing to kill it dead in reality. And I was faced with that reality for a year. And so really early on, I went to pastor, I think it was like the second time Buddy spoke and I hadn't been asked or or something. I went to pastor. I'm like, look, I don't care who's speaking. I just want to make sure that there's nothing in me that's keeping you from having me speak. I want to make sure my heart's right. I don't want to have something going on I don't know about. And pastor told me, you know what? I've actually asked the Lord too. I don't think that's it. I just don't have leading. And at that I stayed in peace because I was like, nothing's broken with me. Nothing's wrong. God's just telling me to wait and he's telling me to develop and he's, and I'm going to give myself to that time in this way. And in that last year, I learned how to support a vision. That's not my own. I learned how to lift up the arms of someone who's not myself and not just pastor Brian. I learned how to be a support in the house that I'm called to. I learned how to lead people by quietly submitting. God was so faithful and And all these things that I'd been asking him for to help me grow in and help me develop in. I, where my assumption would have said it's going to happen publicly. God had me do it on the sidelines. He had me do it in a way that allowed me to give myself to him with a pure heart. So now I really could give a care less who is speaking on a Sunday morning. If it's coming out of pastor's mouth, that buddy speaking, Abby speaking, pastor Nicole speaking, or John. John boy Jimmy from down the road is going to come in and speak that Sunday morning. Glory be to God because they've got the word of the Lord and I'm not going to be jealous about it. I'm going to trust the Lord to build the house. But I could not have said that four years ago. Like I would have said it because I know that's the right answer and I'm not dumb. So I would have said the right answer in front of you, but I wouldn't have meant it. Like you would not have had any anointing come out of my mouth right now. You would not have had any purity of my heart. I would have had a seared conscience on it. I don't have that today because I genuinely don't care unless it's God. And that's what the last year was. But if you had told me that even two years ago, pastor's going to have buddy speak. Buddy just got there. Buddy, you know, you're a leader over buddy in different ways, but buddy's going to be the one to minister. I would have had such an issue with it. It would have knocked me right off. It would have gotten me out of submission, out of the covering. I would have been such a problem. Someone else would clearly be leading worship at this point in time. Like I would have had to be taken down genuinely because I would have disrupted the house. But now God did something in that time in a way that my assumptions never would have allowed me to believe. So when your leader asks you to do something, give yourself to it. You will grow, you will learn, and goodness and mercy will follow it because they know more than you. They're anointed to hear the voice of God differently than you and trust the process because it'll keep you and it'll protect you. Yeah, Yeah, the leading of the Lord will set us in the place that we need to be at. And, And the truth of the matter is, I mean, if we just get really super honest, if we're standing in front of pure consuming fire of God, and it boiled us down to what we really are. Uh, we have been receiving so much more mercy yeah. than what we've thought because we're simply just not as good 
as what we think we are, right? And, and okay, let's just face that because humility will open up grace and greater grace. Yeah. Submission yeah. to God will, and his ways and what he's doing will open up grace and greater grace. So instead of being somebody that just has, oh, yeah, I remember one time they taught and it was really good, and then you're gone, if we actually give ourselves and submit to God and his leading, say, Lord, what do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me? Because I recognize that I probably don't know everything I think that I know, that my flesh thinks that it knows, and we move in that humility. God can actually build the house and form us into his masterpiece and we can be a, a VIP, we can be a, a major force in the kingdom of God versus if you don't give yourself, you won't have the character to uphold that major force. You won't have the skill in the spirit to do it. That's why we want to give ourselves. We're not as good as what our flesh thinks we are. Yeah. We're not as good as what we do. I, I tried to make that clear yesterday. It's like, even though I'm seeing more things flow through me than I ever have before, I recognize because God's so big, we're just getting started. And how much more is there to grab a hold of, yeah. you know? But in order to get to those places, I'm going to have to take those steps of humility yeah. and not act like I've arrived, right, yeah. Abby? This is why it's so, all of this is why it's so important to even stop our thoughts from getting that far, I know we've we've talked about, you know, it's important what we confess, what we speak over our lives, what we say. It's very important because our words have power, but what we think is important, too. This is why the Lord says, you know, meditate on my words day and night. It's important for us to not even, like, meditate on the wrong things. Like, I've, like, there's been, there's been times where, like, one thing I really love is I really love going to New York. Like, New York City, I love it so much. And I don't think that's, like, from a bad heart. Like, I think the Lord just placed that in my heart. I really enjoy it. But there's been times where I've thought about, like, man, I would really love to go. And the Lord wasn't leading it. And Holy Spirit has checked me on that. Don't, like, don't think about that right now. Because what would happen is I would continue and continue and continue to think on it and get my heart attached to it and then be disappointed every day that I didn't hear, we're going to New York someday soon, something like that. And it's not just with stuff like that. It's with everything that we've got to stay on guard, not just with what we speak, not just with what we do, but with what we think. Because our heart, that we're really building who we are behind the scenes when no one's looking when we control what we think. You know, it's important what we do. It's important what we say when when we're in front of people. But it is vitally important what we do and what we say in our minds where no one else can see it because that's that's who we truly are. And as we continue to control that, and Lord, if you haven't told me to think about it, I'm not going to think about right. it. That's life, right. I know it, and I know it may sound intense now, but life becomes so much simpler, so much more enjoyable. Like life becomes so much more joyful yeah. when we do that. And I know it. I know it can sound to the flesh like that sounds very like very stern and very um, you know strict and stuff. And I know it can sound like that, and the flesh may not like it. But it's truly to make our lives so much better, making us the people we're called to be. Life is so much better because it's how God designed us. It's how he designed us. That's what he said in his word. So it's so much. That's what we've got to do. One of the things that you'll see is that when you allow your mind just to go on a fleshly 
When, when the flesh originates a thought and you allow your mind to think on that, you, crea- you create a stronghold, right? And it's not a good stronghold. It can be of a good thing, like, like taking the trip to New York. But if you allow that stronghold to be there and the spirit didn't originate that, but your flesh originated that, then you can get biased in it. And down the road, now you can think you heard from the Lord because of that strong bias, that strong stronghold, that you can think, oh, God's telling me to go minister in New York. And he's not telling you that at all. He's not telling you that at all. It was all formulated by a thought that originated in the flesh, but not by the Spirit. That's why you test all the spirits. You test and you discern and you judge yourself. You put all of that on the altar all the time. It's very good what Abigail said about taking those thoughts captive and then bringing them into Christ for for that to be, you know, to be tested in that way. Now, here's a good, now, I'll give you a symptom of when it's right. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.17 says, uh, at the end of it, it says, but on God, who richly supplies us or richly gives us with all things to enjoy, to all, for, with all things to enjoy. One of the symptoms that you're flowing in the Spirit and that you're getting it right is that you actually think of something one day and go, oh, I'd really like that. And then you're not necessarily meditating on it at all, but all of a sudden it manifests very quickly, right? What is that showing you? If God's looking actually to get you all things to enjoy, that's a thought that you didn't take and formulate all of this. This is a desire of your heart that God put there and mm-hmm. it manifests. There's fruit of that manifestation. Yeah. A good example of that that I can just give you recently is where I had the dream about that specific car. Yeah. And two weeks later, I have the car, mm-hmm. right? Now you're moving at a place where you're, and here's, let me give you the other side of that. I had a temptation to meditate on the different one that I wanted, this, that, and everything. I wouldn't let myself get into bias or form a wrong stronghold because then I could have been believing on the wrong thing. God's looking to get things to us. And so when that thing pops up or you're just thinking about, I sure would enjoy it, all of a sudden somebody hands it to you, right? Now this is a proper flow mm-hmm. and it comes out of fellowship and relationship. I'm not saying that everything comes that way. I'm just saying that's a good indicator that things are working the way that they should. The opposite indicator is you're thinking on something and you're thinking on it, meditating on it, meditating on it for years and months and years and decades and it never comes to pass. This yeah. is an indicator you formed a stronghold of an expectation yeah. But the root of it was was not right, or it was something where even though it's what God wants to do, at the core and the beginning of the thinking, our heart was corrupt on it a little yeah. bit. We wanted it for the wrong reasons, yeah. and so the whole root was yeah. wrong. We got to go back there, yeah. rip up that, that stronghold, destroy yeah. that, yeah. and start over, start fresh. God can get it to you quicker than you'd ever get yeah. it with the corrupted thinking. So we don't want our expectations to be based off of what the flesh and the logic of the flesh is bringing up. We want them to be based off of what is the Holy Spirit saying. And this will cause us to not be offended and then not cause separation between us and who we need to be connected with, including God, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and, and what we're talking about is how to finish well. Yes. Know? All these things that we've been talking about are things that can completely derail us from being able to walk and, and finish our race well, you know? Yeah. Um, because we get caught up, caught up in other things, you know? And, and again, like Marky was saying, like, thank you for not being someone who just coddles our flesh or makes us feel good yeah. because, like, there have been times when I'm like, oh, I just need an encouraging word when I need rebuked, you know? Like, <laughs> and, um, you know... And, uh, like, in all honesty, like, but, you know, a lot of times, like, whenever we read the Gospels or something like yeah. that, we just assume that everything Jesus said, he said with a smile, you know, and, and with a very, you know, kind tone, you know, but, like, yeah. like, I'm, like, what was coming to me, and, like, this kind of goes in line with a lot of the things that we've been talking about, about expectations and stuff in John chapter 6, when the, mult- when Jesus passed over, yeah. well, he fed the 5,000 Pat, and they're getting ready to force him to be king, but then he, like, kind of, you know, yeah, passed over to yeah. the other side of, the, of, he walked on water, you know, uh, passed over to the other side, and everyone noticed that that he was gone, so they ran to the other side, they found Jesus, and they're like, Rabbi, when did you get here? Like, yeah. and, and, and Jesus' response was, you're not here to see me, you're here because I fe- fed your bellies. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, ooh, yeah. I, I didn't like that. They were expecting <laughs> they were expecting him to feed them always. You yeah, know, that's why yeah. they wanted to force him to be king, is because they 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 were like, man, if this guy became yeah. our king, that's a cure for global hunger, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. like like everyone will be fed. So let's force him to be king. You know, and so they're coming, Rabbi, when did you get here? You know, you can feed us, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like they're like, Rabbi, when did you get here? You're just here because you want me to feed your bellies. They're like, Oh, I didn't like that. Yeah. You know, like they were they were expecting one thing and they got something else. You're just right? here because God has the means to give you that vacation house. He has mm-hmm. the means to give you that car. Yeah. He has the means to make you famous. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and so they didn't like that. And they're like, oh. Yeah. And he was, like, he was like, but I have this bread, you know, that, yeah. that, that if you eat it, you'll never go hungry. Oh, well, well give us this bread. I'm yeah. the bread. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, eat my flesh. You know, drink blood. Well, I, that doesn't make sense. I, I don't like that. That's not what I was expecting. I was expecting something else. Yeah. This is a hard thing. They got in their head. They got in their logic. They got offended, yeah. and then they left. And then Jesus looks at his disciples, and he's like, you going to go too? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, they're like, well, you, you have the words of life. You have the words of life. Like, where are we going to go? You know, we've given everything up. But even with the disciples, right? Like, there have been times. This no, is so no. much where we were not as a ministry at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. but we so much are there now. We're yeah. like, yeah, you want to go too? We're like, we're there. I, like, and I yeah. read the Bible differently now after coming yes, in. Like, yeah. like, I was going through Mark, honestly, and like the disciples were, were like talking, they're having like their, their uh, debate yeah. on who's the greatest, right? And they're walking and you know, having this debate. And then, and then Jesus like turns to them and says, what were you guys talking about? <laughs> We don't want it's, to it's, tell you. Yeah. Well, the, the Bible says they didn't say anything because yeah. they were afraid. What, what were they afraid of? They didn't want to get rebuked, yeah. right? Like, you, you read it differently. Like, they're, they're, in the, they're in the boat, and they only had one loaf of bread, you know, and, yeah. and just, like, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, right? And they're, like, talking about, you know, well, he's, he's saying that because we only we have one loaf of bread. bread. And just, like, why are you talking about whether or not we have bread? Like, like. Yeah. The way, I read it in a completely different way now. If I can find it, like, I'll, I'll, I'll read But, like, he's like, why, why are you talking about whether we have bread or not? You know, yeah. did you not learn from, the, from when we had the, uh, the yeah. five loaves and fed the 4,000? How many baskets did we, did we take up? Yeah. Twelve. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, the seven loaves and the 5,000, how many baskets did, yeah. did, we, did we take up? Seven. 
You know, like that, like it's, yeah. you, you read it differently. He was, he was like, why are your hearts so hard? You know, but, but what, what's he doing? He's exposing the reality that they should, yes. they, they, yeah. they should be walking in a, in a different level of faith. We have one loaf of bread. Oh, but Jesus multiplied it. So, you know, we'll be fine. It's going to work <laughs> out. Right. But, but that's what they needed in that, in that moment was to be reminded it's going to work out. Yeah. Don't you remember what we did in the past? You shouldn't be, you shouldn't yeah. be so faithless. Like, yeah. or when Jesus rose from the dead. You know, like he said he was going to do like five times to them. You know, he rose from the dead. Mary came to them. They didn't believe her. You know, then he uh, appeared to two, uh, two other disciples. They didn't believe them. And then, like, like whenever you watch the movie and Jesus appears to, to the 11 in, in the room, right? Like, we always think Jesus just comes in. You know, and they're like, oh, Jesus, it's you. And Jesus is like, it's me. I'm back. <laughs> no, like... Afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves, and they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. <laughs> like, Jesus, it's you. What's wrong with you? I told you five times I was going to raise from the dead. Why are you not believing? You know? But like, but like in those moments, though, like they very yeah. well could have been like, I was expecting you to, you to make me feel good, you know? And what you said <laughs> offended me, you know? Like, and they could have easily been... Caught, like because they were expecting something that made them feel good in their flesh, yes. that yeah. but they received something that didn't make them feel good in their flesh, but they needed it yeah. to get out of their flesh. Those very things could have derailed them, yeah. just like the hundreds and hundreds of people who were like, this is a hard teaching, who can believe it? And they left. Yeah. That derailed them, and that completely yeah. caused them to fall away because what, they w- couldn't receive it. Well, as you can see here, I mean, you're going through example after example. As you can see here, one of the things that, one of the best things that a minister can do, and y'all have already said this multiple times, thank you for not coddling the flesh, but one of the best things that ministers and a church and a ministry can do is teach the people to get over their flesh. You know, how many times is Jesus doing that? Because if you don't teach them to get over their flesh, then when they have those unmet expectations, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. So you have to teach them. Mm-hmm. You you can't let that flesh push you around. You can't just in you know, we're not that's why we you know making that shirt. You know, it's like my flesh hates my church, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's why we're making it because we're literally creating yeah. a culture that people understand that the flesh and the spirit war against yeah. each other. And if my flesh loves my church, my church is not dishing out the spirit. which is what we need. You know, we don't need more of the flesh. We need less of the flesh. We need the flesh crucified. So we have to have that culture. And see, that can't just be in the pastor. That has to be adopted by the people. You know, they have to say, yeah, this is right. This is scriptural. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing time Mm -hmm. and time and time again. He's he's calling their flesh out. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, hey, that's your flesh. You know, for example, I said, you know, well, we'll do this to God because he'll make us famous. Everything. How about our offering? Like, well, we can say that and picture ourselves in a in a church. Like, okay, I'm not just going to church because I can. Many people are going to church for a political move, right, and for social moves. In other words, they'll go to church because important people and doctors and bankers and all those people are there, and they won't. Or they are going to uh, in a uh, election so they can get votes. You know. And you do that, and you're not going because you love God. You're not going because you want to change. You're going for for the world. It's all fleshly. Well, what about this? What about I'm giving, I'm sowing, and the whole point that I'm sowing, or the majority of it is because I'm trying to get something else. You know, it, it's like, no, 
For example, when I sold when I sold that car last year, honestly, I mean, in all honesty, I did not sew that car to get another car. Now, it's not wrong for me to do that. You should believe for a harvest, but the core of, here's why I sold that car. Souls and our ministry had to go to another level, and I wanted to plant the seed to take it to another level. And truly, this year, we've <laughs> gone to another level. Like, it's just, it's just not the same as it was last year. It's yeah. not the same. And we went to another, the two things I sowed for have come to pass, right? Yeah. Come to pass. And But then seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. And so what do I have this year? A much, much I have a big, much better upgrade, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a much nicer car, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a dream car, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, it, it just, that's where we have to understand that why are we doing this? You know, people get a hold of the prosperity and of God and the blessing of God, but then they'll start to sow not because they love God and not because they are compelled for the love of Christ, but they'll sow because they're trying to get stuff, and that's the main thing pushing their sowing. They're looking to that harvest more than they're looking to God, more than they're looking for the gospel's sake and for his name's sake. Remember in Mark 10, he says, you'll receive a hundredfold now and in the time to come when you give for my name's sake and for the gospel's sake. So if my purpose behind it is just to get the harvest, I can get a harvest, but my, it needs to be for those things. This is where we have to get used, we have to challenge our flesh and not coddle the flesh and call ourselves out on this stuff, judge ourselves properly, and we can judge by that fruit. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier is my intentions were the right thing, but my reasoning could be off, and the Lord held that back until I could get my heart right. And then, and because when do we want to plant a corrupted seed? When do we want to sow a corrupted offering? Right? That's what that's what Cain did. He sowed a, he sowed an offering, but it was corrupt. Right? We want to challenge ourselves and get to that place. Otherwise, then what happens if we sow? If we're operating that, we don't challenge our flesh. We allow ourselves to have expectations that were originated uh, from the flesh, from uh, the imagination of the flesh, then we are giving ourselves for all of these things to be built and founded upon things that can be shaken, that can fall apart. Uh, and, And even our walk with God can be shaken apart because we didn't challenge those things at the beginning. It's so important to not coddle the flesh let our yes be yes or no be no. Give ourselves to an environment that challenges us, doesn't just give us all the warm and fuzzies. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you're doing that, you're not a church. You know, A church is going to challenge the flesh. A real yeah. church is a, the church is the pillar of truth, not the pillar of making you feel good, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Making your flesh feel good, I yeah. should say. All right, that's not what a church is. A church is not there, uh, and it's not based on just telling you all the good things about you, right? It's there to challenge you. Love disciplines. Love corrects. And this is where we have to take the responsibility for ourselves because here's the thing. We can hide all of that wrong stuff. We can hide it. We can get good at it. And now eventually you get around people and the anointing is going to come out because they'll see it. By the anointing, they'll see, they'll, they'll just know, like, something's not right here. 
And, and y'all seen this with me. We'll be sitting in a conversation, and I'm like, that's not right. And you're like, well, what's not right about it? I'm like, not sure, but something's not right yeah. about that. I'll pick it up in the spirit. I'm like, there's a problem there. There's yeah. a problem there. And it looks on the surface like it's godly. But then we, we dig into it a little bit, and it's like, oh, there's that ugly root right there, you know. Yeah. And uh, you'll, you get around people with the anointing. You can hide most of that stuff. But you get around people with the anointing, they're going to see through that stuff. They're going to get down to it if you'll let them. Most people don't. They run and hide, right? They yeah. run from that because they don't want that stuff. How about we let the light of God show it, remove it, heal it, and grow into his masterpiece yeah. and actually serve God like that, that's, that's God's plan. Yeah. But in order to do that, we have to challenge ourselves and we have to watch the root of our thoughts and all of those things. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And then we can finish well. Mm-hmm. Father, right now I just pray for every person that's hearing this, Lord, let us finish well. Let us not get weary in well-doing. Let us not get held up by the the corruption of the flesh. Let us not get held up and offended and separated by unmet expectations that were formed in a fleshly and biased thinking. Lord, let let us judge ourselves. Let Let us do things and be compelled for the love of Christ and nothing else. Father, let us seek first the kingdom and your righteousness first. Lord, we know you'll add all things. We know you're rewarded. We we know, Lord, if we'll just do what we're supposed to do, you bless us so much all the time. You, you long to richly give us all things to enjoy. You long to do that. So, Lord, we don't worry about that stuff. We just make sure that we are compelled by the love of Christ to have the right thoughts and the right actions and so that we start well and we finish well in Jesus' name. Lord, let it happen now. Let our hearts be turned. Lord, any place where we've allowed corruption or the wrong thinking and expectations to come in, Lord, let us, we just repent right now. Lord, we repent of that. We ask for your forgiveness. And Father, help us show us, help show us how to never miss it again. And Lord, your word's so clear that when when we change, we confess and repent. You are faithful and just to remove all transgressions and help us go forward. We receive your help right now, your grace, your mercy your kindness, and your love. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we will finish well in Jesus' name. Put that in the comments. In G- By Jesus, we will finish well. Amen. Glory to God. We just praise God for you. If you would like to sow today, you can get go to giveww.org. Go to giveww.org. And uh, you're welcome to sow Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, Text to Give. Uh, most of the people that are on here, you know it's right to give uh, when you receive something. Uh, we were just talking about that over the weekend, how when people get things for free, they don't esteem it properly. It's amazing the psychology that's there. We shouldn't see this as something that was, even though we are sowing this into the world, we're sowing it, believing for a harvest of revelation of the things of God, but it came at a cost. It comes at a price to us to sow that in that in that way. You should see that and say, "This costs them something." I want to. I want to make sure that I further the gospel of what they're doing in the future. And then, of course, Mark ten, for His namesake and for the gospel. If you sow, you will receive a hundredfold now in this time 
and in the time to come, eternal life, life to the full till it overflows. And so uh, as the Lord leads you, go uh, to giveww.org. And so, Father, right now, everybody who's sowing anything, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over into their lives. We praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory. We thank you for your blessing in every way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Amen. Bless it. Let it be returned to them supernaturally quick and supernaturally multiplied in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. We love you. Thank you, guys. Yep. Did you enjoy it? Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Did you enjoy it? I hope so. We love you. Here